0: This is where I talk to coaches and teachers about improv and uh, this I'm really excited because we get an extra episode this month because I tried a new program and Jocelyn Hillen was kind enough to jump in and try it out with me and we had a great conversation Jocelyn is a great human being who just uh, recently taught. Back in March at the Central Florida Improv Festival, we have a great time together. I love when I get to hop on stage with her, and I'm excited for you guys to get to know her. She's a Pittsburgh native who had her first brush with theater at at a traumatic audition for the Mickey Mouse Club in 1992. She went on to earn a BFA in acting from the University of Arts and has acted in numerous theatrical productions, including several short films. She performs regularly in Pittsburgh at Arcade Comedy Theater, Steel City Improv Theater, and Unplanned Comedy. She's been performing, coaching, and teaching long-form improv for six years. She's never going to forget that she didn't make it as a Mouseketeer. So we talk a lot about vulnerability. We talk a lot about coaching. Uh, We talk about being a woman who's a teacher and a coach, and I hope you get a lot out of it. Uh, I know that I got a lot out of it. It was a great conversation. I'm excited to have you guys listen, and as always, thank you so much. So let's dive in. Here we go. This is Lauren Morris, the Improv Teachers, and your guest is Jocelyn Hillen. <laughs> I wanted to start somewhere different with you because everyone. Okay. Everywhere you want. okay. <clears throat> When we, when you were here, you mm-hmm. said, um, I love this, how you were like, you can yes and yourself into a a, a trash, a, a heap of trash, mm-hmm. a trash heap of a scene, right? Mm-hmm. And I love that because it's so true, but it's also like, it's so, it's, I just, it's so complicated, right? Like it is. for students. And I was trying to think about like, Cause I love that, and I was like, "Well, how would I, like, if you were?" I was so I was thinking about you. I was like, "How would I, if I was working with younger students?" And I don't mean age; I mean in improv.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: you know, sort of navigate that with them because we do yeah. want that to be on. Yes, but we want them to understand that there's some stuff where you can be like, "No,"
1: <laughs> right? That's like the the farther you get in your improv learning, you realize that like, okay, so the first thing is you have to learn all of the rules and then you have to break all of the rules that you set up for yourself. <laughs> and I think that yes, anding, you know, is, is one of those things. There's there's the metaphor of don't bring a cathedral, bring a single brick sure. to the scene, you know, as opposed to, um, and like, I'd also like, I, I worked with a student for a while who literally, his scene initiations were like seven to 10 sentences, like just, you know, run at the mouth. And I'm like, you just you just did the whole scene and with what you said, you know, um, if you yes and that, then it's just like, what, where do we even go from there? <laughs> um, so, but yeah, it, it's one of those, I think it's it goes, On like a really basic level just to give and take yeah you know it's like a very very one-on-one basic like just make sure you're not overloading the person
0: yeah Yeah, i think you know it's interesting i think when students first come in because they're so conditioned by the outside world that this whole like yes works to move things forward Mm -hmm. because we're just not good anymore at and i'm not this is just a broad statement there are people who are good at when they walk in the door of just really yeah. listening and being in the moment with their partner.
1: And I think that's what the second part of it is. The first part is give and take. And the second part is truly being present and in the moment that you're not writing ahead of what you're doing. Cause that's where a lot of the words come from. Um, and that you're allowing yourself to, to truly react to the thing that was said to you. And you're not just, um, you know, you're so excited that you finally figured out that you and your scene partner are on the same page that you just get so excited that you're just filling everything in. Does that make sense?
0: It does to me. Yeah, Uh, like because
1: I find that that happens a lot too. Like people are like, great, we know what's going on. Let's throw in every single thing that we know about this thing that's going on.
0: Yeah, instead of just like, just, um, we still, I mean, this has something to do with teaching. We still, as a team, when we really get going in group scenes and we're having so much fun, that happens to us still. Like we all just like, Oh, and then there's this and then there's this and then there's this.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. My house team, our favorite thing to do on, well, it's not and like, we don't do it on purpose, but we have ended up listing menu items of so many different food establishments, um, in our games and in our scenes that our coach is like, well, here we go again. Like, here's the entire menu of Taco Bell, you know? Um, which is a really weird thing that just like we specifically do. It's like, if we start talking about food, we will just list incessantly. Oh so, yeah.
0: and yeah. we find
1: it very funny as a group, but it's apparently not reading. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know that's the problem. So uh, what, what are you currently teaching right now? Um, I'm currently not
1: teaching anything regularly. I have, I have a weekly, co- I am coaching a trio Yep. Um, and we are uh, still pretty new and kind of working on, I, I don't want to like create a form with them, but just sort of use a lot of devices to kind of set them apart. Cause I, th- I find trios are the most awkward amount of people to work with on stage, um, which we got to do together. I know. I think it's helpful. I
0: think it would be helpful for you to explain why you think, trios are are awkward just for people like oh yeah oh for for people yeah because I think I know why yeah um uh you know it's like I'm not exactly
1: sure why it always happens but I I think the most obvious reason is that when that if you have three people you will have a lot of three-person scenes and Mm -hmm. it's really hard for especially newer improvisers to self-edit out of that Um, and I mean, just editing in general, because like you, you you have such a tight relationship with the three people that you're playing with when you're off to the side and you're watching two people have a scene. It's like, it's very easy to either just be entertained by what they're doing and forget to edit, you know, or you want to give them enough time to get to where they're going.
0: Right. Yeah. So, um, so for you, when you work with a team like this, do you watch them first and see where their strengths are? Or do you talk to them about like what they're trying to, to get done? Yeah, this
1: this particular group of people is interesting because they're all players that come. They all started doing short form, okay. um, and in one case, I believe she started doing stand up before she started doing any uh, improv. So, you know, they all they have really specific strengths that are, I think, a lot of. Um, characters and and like you know just barn door type things like quick exits and entrances and we sort of just played first before we talked about anything because I didn't know them as long form players at all right yeah yeah and we never and then I you know I was like sort of like what do you guys want to do for a form and then we were all like forms for three people are dumb and they don't really exist so let's just keep you know, working on things, and I'm hoping that a form will kind of form itself.
0: <laughs> yeah, or at least, like you said, or at least some devices that they enjoy using, right? So that, right?
1: Like I'm, I'm kind of seeing like what they're super, super good at, um, right. and they are really, really good when all three of them are in a scene together. So just sort of working with that. They have their first show in three weeks, so I'm excited.
0: That's awesome
1: to see the show energy as opposed to the rehearsing in the living room energy.
0: Yep. 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 And also, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know because it's, it's such more, it's much more relaxed in your living room, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, it's amazing what happens when the lights go on. Okay. So you're coaching, you're not currently teaching, but when you do teach, do you teach a certain class or do you teach all over the board?
1: Um, I actually, so I will be te- the workshop I just ran with you in Florida. I will be running here in Pittsburgh uh, in a Yeah, I'm really excited uh, because I'm such a, I'm such a little, I'm, I'm just silly. I, I would have never promoted it in Pittsburgh myself, but uh, a improv friend of mine saw it and was like, I would like to take this. Let's see how many people, would it be worth it? You know, and uh, actually a lot of people responded. So I'm pretty excited about that. And then as I was talking to you, In Florida as well, that just when I was really like kind of cementing down exercises, I started getting a lot of um, other thoughts as it relates to confidence and vulnerability. So I think I'm going to just start building up workshops.
0: Yeah, let's talk about vulnerability a little bit. Um, So that's actually something that has been on my mind as well. And I actually asked one of my duo partners, not Mary Kate, but one of my other duo partners, because uh, he loves Is he the things. one that you did the
1: talk show one with.
0: No, actually, not him. He, <laughs> how many duo partners do you have? Lauren, three, three. <laughs> <laughs> that I currently play with on a consistent basis. Uh, and um, the one, so the one that I do the Lauren Michael format with, mm-hmm. I actually want to teach a viewpoints for improv workshop with him because he and I love viewpoints. Mm-hmm. Um, But I don't. But teaching viewpoints, I don't. I don't know many people who even know viewpoints, and I don't feel qualified. But what I feel qualified to do is to boil down why it is so good for improv. And he also, when he was in college, was exposed to it and got really. I don't think I know what
1: viewpoints is. It's
0: um, it's there's these nine different viewpoints on how it relates back to the stage, the theater, and movement, and. Yeah, so things like tempo and space, uh, architecture, duration. yeah, and the exercises are really cool, and it really makes you get, you would really like it, being that you- I'm actually
1: surprised I've never heard of it, not to sound, you know, but with the theater degree and all that, you would think uh, this would sound familiar to me, but it it doesn't.
0: I am surprised, that's what I'm saying, so I feel like, especially with your theater degree and everything that you're interested in, you would actually really love it.
1: It sounds like it.
0: Um, and so I've actually been in corporate because we have this conservative, we have a brand new conservatory program that we just launched and conservatory us ad lib is for for people who went through our class, but they want to be performers. So our notes are going to be geared toward performance, no longer, uh, no longer like self-improvement, if that makes sense. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so, and then notes on like forms and devices and learning like more advanced techniques. So right now I'm teaching advanced two person scene. And I was like, Oh my God, viewpoints would actually do them really well because like each week I can bring in a different viewpoint. Mm -hmm. and Incorporate that. So Michael, who does also, he has a theater degree from college. He, um, he's loves it too. And I was like, that would be a good workshop for the two of us to teach. Uh, for improvisers Mm -hmm. but coming back around to vulnerability so that was that side trip Mm -hmm.
1: Um, so viewpoints would be good
0: yes alex but so at my so alex loves the whole like world of authenticity and i'm a big vulnerability fan so but both of us when we play together we also love a really good dick joke so
1: Um, (laughs) who Among us does not really (laughs)
0: Um, but but it's still like look, you can be authentic and vulnerable and still really find make like a good dick joke. And get it make like as long as it's an authentic dick joke that's coming from a vulnerable spot. Right, right, absolutely.
1: <laughs> and, and it's like you're laughing and I'm laughing, but it's so true. <laughs> I know, and that's the
0: thing. is like so um, but I I you know, vulnerability teaching vulnerability to students. It's hard, I found. Yes,
1: it's very hard. And I just really started, um, I haven't, like I said, I haven't ever taught a consistent class, but I've been coaching for, well, I've been doing improv for just about six years. So I've been coaching for, I'd say, like, four and a half. Right. Um, and just, you know, it, it's kind of like you're talking about the line between conservatory classes and then, like, your regular classes teaching someone vulnerability and having them really use it. Like I told that story in the workshop of how I was really trying to coax this uh, guy to like try to use some real emotion in a scene and then he did and I was so excited about it. And I was like, that was great. And he was like, I didn't have any fun at all. That was not fun for me,
0: you know? And I
1: was like, it really made for a more entertaining scene for the audience. Like you were committed to what you were saying. Right. But he didn't like it, you know, and it's like, well, um, I, I don't, I just really found myself not knowing what to say. So it's like, if I have to bull, like I felt like I had bullied him or something into right. showing that part of himself. Right. Um, but it's also like you are choosing to do something in which you're putting yourself on stage in front of people. Every vulnerability you have is just like complete going to be completely on display.
0: Yes. Yes. And so if you're a level one student, I'm not going to push a ton of vulnerability on you because you may just be there to get more confident in front of people. Right. Uh, And what instead, what I'm going to start pushing on you are things like building you to confidence, so getting you to be um, successful in an exercise, or and and then working on the side of listening and empathy, right? Because that can lead to vulnerability at some point, I feel. Yeah. But I feel like we got to start there with them. And then as people are doing this long enough, um, helping them, uh, if, if they really want to get on stage, I mean, getting on stage is one thing in a student show, but if they want to get on stage consistently in front of an audience that is not friendly, and by that, I mean, their family and friends. Right, right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not, like openly hostile.
0: Right. <laughs> People that you know, won't necessarily see in the kitchen tomorrow. Exactly. Right. They're going to have to learn that, you know, and, and vulnerability to me shows up in different ways. Like someone will put out a really strong offer that comes from like an authentic emotional place and someone will just swat it away. Yeah. Uh, like the, it's like their bullet vulnerability, bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's those moments when like I stop the scene and be like, that's the, like that's the thing you've got and that's the thing you gotta focus on. And now you gotta figure out why you're not you don't wanna focus on it, right? Right. But the flip side to that is that I'm also not your therapist. So Right. <laughs> right.
1: And that's like I I I've had people ask me um several times like how how do you, because I've been complimented on my vulnerability, which is also a weird, that's a weird thing to be complimented on. Right. I'm like, in what way? Like I had someone say, I love how vulnerable you are on stage and I was like, that kind of made me feel like a deer, <laughs> you know? I was like, I don't know uh, what you mean. And also like, how do you get there? And literally when I think of how do you get there, I think about the fact that, you know, in acting classes when I was a kid, they basically like got you up there and made you cry. Right. In front of, you know, anybody that I guess is at acting classes has gone through this, I think, um, that you really like they make you they rip you down kind of to build you back up. Right.
0: Um,
1: And once you've had once you've had that, it's kind of like really easy to bring it to the rest of your life and bring it to everywhere. Right. Where is our shortcut there that we can get P and then do they even want to go there, you know, but assuming that they do you know, what are good shortcut ways to make that happen?
0: Right. And that's what I keep thinking about is like, what are good shortcut ways? So when I think about like a workshop that I want to create, like Alex has got some exercises that he loves for authenticity. And my thing is, I don't necessarily know that I have exercises for vulnerability other than when he's running exercises, I can be like, stop. That's a moment to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You know, I think other things that are vulnerability exercises, honest to God, are just, uh, I work, you know, I
1: was just thinking like, I got con- just lots and lots of eye contact right. um, and and just a weird little, like, have you ever done that Meisner repetition exercise? Yes. I think that that's a great vulnerability exercise. Right. Um, because like you are just building, you're building a relationship with, the th- with another person and you're able to communicate, but you know, you do not have to be in control of what you're going to say. Um. Right you know, there's also a a lot of vulnerability in trust, like the longer you play. I mean, some people, obviously, if you just like go on stage with 10 people you've never met before and done a show, as we recently did, (laughs) you know, I'm not going to be playing at like my top most vulnerable spot because I'm, you know, out of my element. How comfortable am I? Right. It's, you know,
0: yeah, and it's weird because like, we'll all put those little bit of those shields up, right? So we're like, okay, here's 10 people we don't necessarily know that well. but yet, And yet we're still able to remain super open to what the moment needs. Yes. And, and empathy. So, and I think that sometimes a player or, or a student of improv can get away from not truly being vulnerable for quite some time if they're a really good listener mm-hmm. um, and they can sort of skirt it. But at some point, they're going to find themselves plateaued. And for me, it's, it's like, are you really being vulnerable then to what's going on?
1: Another thing that I think, and I, I feel like we are not going to get to the answer of shortcuts for vulnerability in the time that we're talking, because I feel like we're just sort of chipping away at the top of it. Right. But um, we actually, I, I also teach, um, just every so often at Arcade, we do well, once a month there's imp- improv pop-up nights and I'm like a teacher assistant for lack of a better term. So I actually was doing that last night and the class we were teaching is you only do an eighth of the work, you know, just kind yes. of showing how teamwork basically um, and really how one, sometimes you do have to prove, like in a vulnerability sense, you do have to be that person person that's going to say, I will take one for the team. Right. And that's when it comes to either, you know, a first initiation, if you are on a team that's feeling hesitant and you know someone needs to get out there and you are the one that's like, Hey, I'm going to do it. You know? And I think that's part of how um, I play. And that's why people, you know, ask me about those things is because I will always be like, whatever, it's worse to be on stage, not doing anything. Right. I'd rather do anything.
0: Uh, they yeah. have the
1: audience think we don't know what we're doing.
0: Right. And so, and, and, yeah, and being able to, I think that also comes down to also how you approach failure. <laughs> so initiations never scare me. Edits never scare me. And I think that's also why people think uh, certain, you know, like watch me and like, oh my God, you're so confident. And I'm like, no, no, no. Not that I'm confident. I mean, yes, fine. I'm too afraid
1: of failure.
0: Well, right or the the there's two ways to fail one is to do nothing and one is to at least try have done something Mm -hmm. and i'll feel better about myself afterwards if i at least tried to do something right right uh i think that's a big lesson for students too right because they'll hang back and it's like this is part of the learning process guys you gals Mm -hmm. loves people humans exactly um the willingness to fail is all part of the improv process
1: yes and willing to fail and celebrate those mistakes is definitely a facet of vulnerability
0: yes absolutely
1: i feel Um, like you're almost getting somewhere
0: (laughs) it's so funny uh and i'm trying to think of like and that's the thing is um and so i think there's ways to teach it without, there's ways to teach it head on and then there's ways to teach it coming around the long Definitely. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah and so if initiations and edits are one, if we're going to put that as a definition of like that's one way of being vulnerable, really putting yourself out there and so like what I do when I see a student who just like will not edit, I will be like great today's challenge for you is you're to edit every scene we're about to do and it gets them into the habit of editing but it also then forces them to put themselves out there mm-hmm. which then in turn is going to force them to be somewhat vulnerable yeah so and if they find success then maybe we've we've cracked through a little bit of their vulnerability veneer Hmm. so that was a fun rabbit hole <laughs> indeed <laughs> oh my gosh do you um because you uh you're like me you will give direct notes hmm So was that, is that something that just always been easy for you or did you have to teach yourself to do? Um, that?
1: I've always been a very direct person. So that's, that's another thing that I've heard from other people. It, like prior to improv, when I, I was at a previous job, I just had a district manager say, you know, if the dog shit on the floor, Jocelyn's going to be the one to point it out. Mm-hmm. And I never understood if that was like an insult or a compliment or but it is what it is because if I don't see anybody else addressing it, yes, I absolutely will. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so I don't have any trouble holding back and it's gotten me in trouble a lot of times in my life. It's gotten me in trouble with uh, teams. I don't want to say trouble. I have had teams quit me <laughs> um, <laughs> because of direct noting and I don't know. I, it hasn't come hard to me. Like I will say that when I had to give feedback as in the corporate world, um, I'm a lot less direct than I am with improv, but I think that's just because I trust what I'm doing more in improv than I did right. when I was giving corporate notes on something because I, I, I didn't actually care. Right. Um, so no. And I mean, I try not to, like, I, I obviously don't ever want to be mean ever, um, I never want to hurt anybody's feelings and I have inadvertently hurt feelings and, you know, talked about it with the person and had to have a couple conversations about it because I do know that I can be taken the wrong way. Yeah. Um,
0: do you do like a little prep at the top? Cause I do some prepping at the top of like, here's a few things. One, I keep it really cold in the classroom, bring a sweater. Cause I don't want to hear you complain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Two, so, I talk- uh, Shut the F up. <laughs>
0: Essentially, two, um, I talk very fast, but that doesn't mean I'm not open to questions or asking me to repeat. I just know that when I start going down, I will get faster and faster. So at any time, just, you know, raise your hand and, and ask what you need. And three, um, you know, everything I'm about to tell you is coming from a place of just wanting you to see the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I try to like cushion some of that.
1: Absolutely. Like, I don't think, I don't think I do. Cause again, I'm not normally in a classroom situation. I'm more in private coaching situation. So it's more like before I will start talking about an exercise that we've done or something, I, you know, kind of make a blanket statement or just start, you know, always saying with the, this is what you did. Great type of thing. Yeah. Um, and always just, you know, if you, uh, I try to make it an open dialogue as much as possible. Um, So like, I'll always discuss it, but you know, it's just like every so often you do get into a discussion where two people don't agree. (laughs) And that's, that's where the challenge is with being direct, because I know, like, I think, again, I come from, like, I, I don't know what school it is, but I will say it is the instructors that pushed me the hardest and made me, I don't, I don't want to say made me sad, made me upset because I wasn't doing as well as I wanted to be.
0: Right. And
1: it was those instructors that made me a better performer. Right. And that isn't just an improv. That's in theater, that's in dancing, that's in everything. So that is where I'm coming from. It's like a tough love type of thing for yeah. me. Right. But when people are doing this as a hobby because they want, you know, to break out of their shell and then they join this practice group and then they run into someone who actually is like trained in theater and wants to make you a better performer, it is um, a lot.
0: It is a lot. Uh, it's absolutely a lot. Um, you
1: know, like I've had like people question, like, again, like they're like, this wasn't fun. You know, you know, it's not fun when you tell me these things and I'm like, well, you know, you can do it right or not. (laughs) So that sounds coarse, huh?
0: If you, if your hobby is, um, Tennis or basketball, you're still going to run drills with your right. coach, and that's not always fun. No, uh, and I also I also put this out there: if you're asking people to come watch you, and it's not a free show, is this really a hobby at this point?
1: That's also a really great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are asking people to part with actual paper money, real American dollars, right. to. Uh, come and see you, you know, and if I were a really, really shitty basketball player, I wouldn't ask you to come to my game.
0: Right. Or I would be like, Hey, come to my free game.
1: Yeah. Right. Come to my free game and watch me play basketball shittily.
0: Right. And, (laughs) and like, I know that you have to get on stage and suck for a while, but again, that's why you do it for free. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Um, so and then there's people who like they're like well we're just have to, here to have fun with one another then don't go in front of an audience just keep staying in your living room then if this is just for you guys to like
1: mm-hmm. yeah, i don't team or what are, do you get a coach what do you what do you get a coach for then right right you know so
0: yeah.
1: a coach is ostentatiously there to right. help you be a good team. Right. So if you don't want to listen to the things I want to say to you about it, right. um, granted that, you know, taking the human error out of the mix, <laughs> right. um, you know, you should want to listen, I would think. Right. Uh, there's also, you know, the fact that I am female and, you know, not to bring it up, you know, make this a rabbit hole or anything, but you're going
0: to get to that at some point of like, what's your experience being a female coach?
1: yeah is that I don't know what it would be conversely if I were male i I don't know maybe I wouldn't have this problem because like the past few years of my life have been big lessons over and over again of people still don't like women with opinions that are loud and say them right. um from from manner matters big and small improv and non improv so um so yeah. So was that yeah. leading into your next question of just like, well, what has that been? Or
0: did you? Yeah. I mean, cause I can tell you that I know like I, I, I have, I mean, I've seen it and I have felt it and I've experienced it and I've been in a classroom with it. Right. Like I will watch a male counterpart of me essentially give the same note. and Everyone's like, yeah, yeah. I give the note. People are like, God, she's so bitchy. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it can be very frustrating um, for sure uh, yeah, and so what do you but because of all of that like with teams do you how do you do you have any groundwork for teams then about like hey, cut it out with the sexism, misogyny, racism, we blah blue.
1: like in a, in a coaching situation yeah, yeah. Um, I have only had I, it's funny because I've had two really diametrically opposed experiences, okay. I've had to address that. Um, one was where, a, and this was coincidentally also with the person that I'd had previous problems with, of like arguing my notes and, you know, this isn't fun and, and, and these things. And there was a scene happening where his character was trying to give everybody a hug. And a, another character said, I really don't want to hug you. And his character said, oh, I don't care. I'm just going to hug you anyway, and then embraced the player. So I edited the scene a little bit, like maybe 15 seconds after that. And then in my notes, I said, that could be construed as rapey. So looking back, would I have chosen a word other than rapey? Totally. (laughs) Right, sure. That's me. That's also me. Like, I'm blunt, and I'm flippant, and I like to talk, and I just, you know... On my best day, I probably sound like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know? (laughs) Like, on purpose, but, you know, rapey, like, I don't know. So it was a bad choice of words, but that is what eventually led to me no longer coaching that team. Um, Not that anybody had a problem with the fact that I called it out, but this particular person just was like, you are calling me a rapist. And I was like, I am absolutely not calling you a rapist, nor am I saying that you would ever do that.
0: Right. Um,
1: I'm saying that this person, this character said, I do not want this physical contact and you went ahead and you gave the physical contact.
0: Right. Is what
1: happened. Um, And then on the other side of things, once I was playing with the team and they, a boy and a girl got into a scene where, or I was coaching them, not playing with them, got into a scene where all of a sudden the guy had like barricaded this girl like inside of a trailer and wouldn't let her get out. And I was just sitting there like, hmm, okay. Cause again, it's improv. There's a line like, is this threatening or not? It doesn't have to be right. You know, it doesn't a man barricading a woman in a room could be for a funny reason, you know, but the rest of the team actually stopped the scene because this particular person um, had made them uncomfortable before and he made them promise that if it ever happened again they would just stop ah. so you know the second time i addressed it i was very lucky because the entire room was like it's time to address this and uh you know took it a different way that being said do i ever feel the need to you know give an overview before i'm in a situation like i i don't I just again let the notes talk for themselves? I mean, obviously, if I see something that if it makes my hair stand up, it's probably wrong.
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing, too, right? Because some, you know, we also get that lesson in improv of like if your character's saying no, the actor's saying yes. Do you hmm. know that one? And so, someone being like, no, I don't want to hug because their character doesn't, but the actor's like, no, go, let's do this.
1: Yeah. Right. 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 It's such the a body language. And it's also complicated because we're yeah. dealing
0: right. And it comes down to the group dynamic of the team and knowing the team's aesthetic and knowing what the team's going for and knowing and like, you know, so there's the team part and then there's the classroom part. And the classroom part is all about like what level class are we? How long have these people been, been working together? Uh that kind of stuff because they might not be at a point where they should even be touching each other in that way. But now you take it to a team that's working together and like, yeah. So it, and it also depends on the situation of the scene and how it's going to read to the audience, right? Like there's so there's so many pieces to it Mm -hmm. that it can become difficult to, yeah, it can become difficult to like navigate.
1: Yes. Yeah, as everything with you know dealing with any kind of um, a social you know topic these days, anything right. is prop. Right. right. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, and then the flip to me is always like, whenever someone quote unquote like locks you into a, a room or um, this or that, my whole thing is like, it's an improv scene, so I need you just to like while hopefully you're not in a situation like that and i hate the fact that like i have to be like here's some strategies of how to get out of a scene if no one's you. Yeah. right <laughs>
1: like <laughs> well no i mean that but that's exactly i i did it too i was like here are some things for when you're trapped right because you um, feel trapped
0: <laughs> don't have to stay within the confines of real space and time it's an improv scene right so like, oh look i just cut a hole in the trailer and now i'm out you know what i mean mm-hmm. or I'm going to climb out this giant glass window we installed for this reason. and um, But it's exhausting that strategy, like, it's both good. I mean, I think it's important to teach strategies, but it's also exhausting. It's like, we're really, we're teaching strategies still about, like, how women to navigate scenes.
1: Yeah. When
0: yeah. Yeah. The flip should be, we should be teaching men not to be putting us in situations like that.
1: Right. But um, that that is a... Entirely different topic.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. And, you know, and, and I know I'm making, like, blanket statements, and not everybody's like this, and I get it. I get oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, the fact that you've had these experiences, the fact that I've had these experiences, I've talked to a lot of women, they've had experiences. It, it's st- like it's a, hap- it's a thing still.
1: It absolutely is.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. misogyny
1: is still running rampant in our society, so, of course, it's going to have – it's going yeah. to bleed
0: over. What um, – if someone wanted to become a coach, what kind of advice would you have for them?
1: Hmm. Um. I, that is really, you know, no one's ever asked me that before, Lauren. Um, <laughs> and No, seriously, that, which is just funny, I guess I would say be confident, which just seems like such a, you know, how do you do that, Jocelyn? Um, you have to be though, like we, you know, there, there is an expectation if, that if you were coaching that you should be the best improviser in the room, right? Or they wouldn't be, you know, or you at least have some abilities that are believed in by some other people. So when you're, when you're just starting, it's important that you do just believe in yourself to a certain degree. Like this is something that I know how to do and I know how to spot things that make it better. You know, like, because I'm, like, my coaching brain will never, sh- doesn't ever shut off any show, which is a blessing and a curse, you know, any show I ever see is going to get picked apart. Um, so if you find yourself doing that anyway, it might be a good idea to become a coach. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, not to sit and, you know, rip anything apart. But if you say see people, like, constantly doing one thing when you know that the answer is to not ask that question or the answer is to make sure you get the hell out of there. Once you tag in, you know, maybe you have good instincts for it. Um, And then, yeah. And then just starting slow, like start, like my first team that I ever coached was a practice group, you know, just like reach out to a one-on-one and be like, does anyone want to practice? Because I want to practice too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm also really honest, like when I am coaching or teaching, if I'm doing something for the first time, like I say it, you know, like I literally making this up right now. So let's just see how this goes. Um, and not to pretend that, you know, something, and if something doesn't work, it's okay. You right. know, start with a practice group practice. And if you do an exercise and it's like not making sense be like, eh, let's just move on to the next thing.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. What? Um, so for yourself, what do you do to continue to make sure your, your skills are staying sharp?
1: Oh, well, um, oops. Um, sorry if you heard the beeping. I <laughs> am always one to take other workshops and other classes. Like I, I probably have spent more time on improv singularly in my life than I have on any other thing so it would be really dumb to let that go to waste (laughs) so uh to keep always like learning and bringing more things into that is something that I can't see myself ever not wanting to do right um learning learning from other because that's how our our form and our art gets around anyway i mean obviously it's not from huge television audiences or something it's all of us going around and visiting each other and and teaching in other cities and then you know bringing amazing things back so um that's always something i want to do i always want to talk about it um i don't read about improv as much i guess as some other people um but i'm always up for a class i'm always up for a discussion and i'm definitely you know like to keep my pulse on also what's going on in other cities.
0: Right. um, If people wanted to find you, where can they do that?
1: They can find me on Facebook. Uh, It's just Jocelyn.Hillen, Facebook.com slash Jocelyn.Hillen, I believe is uh, very fancy, but um, you know, I like a lot of improv things. So you can probably find me off of there. If you're into that. I am uh, Jay Chat Noir on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and I don't have like business accounts and personal accounts. Everything's just me on there. Um, so you'll get some improv comment, uh, content, also cats and whatever else I feel like doing.